do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. This show is like, is um, not dissimilar to a journey into my mind to experience for yourself, or at the very least, hear about all the media I have consumed and uh, things I have actually consumed in this special episode. Oh. Spoiler alert for something's gonna that's gonna happen in seconds. Dumb. So is this opening dumb? Oh god. Okay. Prof- yeah. I, I I like saying this sometimes and find I do at the beginning of some shows occasionally. This definitely falling into the category of a professional would potentially start over. <laughs> I, however, am not a professional, so I'm not under that onus. So when I screw up uh, the opening to a podcast, I just let it go. Let it fly. Let fly what may. <sighs> what I will now do is push a button that will start a series of five five-minute timers like this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. So tasty. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue is not a movie monologue, but rather a restaurant recitation. Haha, uh-huh. and it's sponsored by Optimus Prime Rib. Thank you for that sponsorship. Yes, uh, rather than a movie monologue, uh, a- adding a new segment, one in I have not done in the first 485 episodes, never done anything like this before, but thought I would give it a try because I had the perfect opportunity to do so. Restaurant recitation. <laughs> uh, not bad. Okay, so uh, what I decided to do is because uh, the missus and I, uh, we don't eat out very often restaurant-wise. Uh, so the reason that uh, we both had uh, our uh, money back from taxes, uh, she got a nice big raise at work, uh, we had some gift cards, all of these meant that in the last month or so we ate out twice, which is unusual for us. Uh, we went to two restaurants, The Keg, which uh, I believe is... I believe both of these, they're definitely chains, and I believe they're North American, not just Canadian chains. I'm i am fairly confident in that. Uh, and the second one is called Canyon Creek. And they are not dissimilar in that uh, the keg definitely sort of, I don't know if you would classify it as a steak joint necessarily, but uh, I think something that it is well known for. Uh, and Canyon Creek, a uh, similar vein, maybe less that. Uh, sort of chain restaurant-y. 
uh, meat and potatoes, nothing too fancy. Although there is, <laughs> it's funny, there's a, in like downtown Toronto, not the one we went to, there's, there's a keg that is quite often referred to as the fancy one, <laughs> uh, they, which I, I have been to that one once. Um, okay, so let's get into my reviews of restaurants, which I've never done before. I'm a regular dough guy. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, let me do ratings right off the bat. So this is, uh, I'm using the same ratings that as I do for uh, all other media, a five-star scale. However, normally with uh, movies, TVs, and such, uh, the rating is a, a three is enjoyed while uh, watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. I, I don't know if that really applies to restaurants necessarily. Uh, these ratings, does it mean I'm never going to eat there again? For example, the keg. Uh, my experience uh, this time going, I'm going to give a 1.5 out of 5. Yeah, didn't uh, have the best anything, really. Uh, so got there, and it was, for some strange reason, uh, packed to an insane degree. Uh, something, I don't know if this has ever really come up on the podcast, but I eat early. Uh, something done in my family for years, and it sort of carried off, uh, carried on to my adulthood. Uh, where like eating at five is normal and quite often I eat earlier than that. Uh, it's just I like not being f having that full feeling uh, closer to dinner or to bedtime and I find I sleep better and uh, it's it's better for you not to just eat and then go to sleep basically. So you know I, I like to eat early. So we were there at like five o'clock. Which is, you know, I do understand that most people eat closer to 6 or some people eat at like 7, 8, which I find it just boggles my mind. So despite our earliness uh, showing up, it was packed to the degree where there was uh, no spots. So we had to sit at the bar. Uh, you know, that's not great. It's nobody's fault. Uh, it's a popular restaurant, apparently. Uh, still not ideal. Uh, next is, uh, I ordered the prime rib, which I've had at the keg probably half a dozen times, if I had to guess, over the years, and it's usually amazing. This one was kind of tough. It was not a good piece of meat. <laughs> uh, and, and if the, the thought of cooked meat, any vegetarians out there listening, disgust you, you know what? Uh, this one, <laughs> it didn't disgust me, but it wasn't great. So I can understand you on some degree. Uh, I got a, a mushroom appetizer. It was pretty good. Burnt my mouth a little bit, but, uh, you know, that's one of those cheesy mushroomy things. It, it was fine. Um, uh, the probably, the, the, the waitress, she was nice, but, uh, I, I think when you go into a scenario where the restaurant's that busy, you're not going to get, uh, you know, the attention you would otherwise let's say uh but but she was fine uh and i think the worst part of it all is i ordered a white russian uh because i had a bit of heartburn perhaps from this uh tough prime rib i'm not gonna say that uh so uh, i find a white russian uh that uh compared to other boozes oh yeah i, I did order another uh mixed drink uh, it was like whatever their special was and it wasn't very good either but again that's not the fault of the restaurant it's just a drink that I apparently didn't have a taste for. Uh, the last part, though, was their fault. I ordered a white Russian, and uh, what they gave me was uh, vodka, uh, uh, milk, and that's it. <laughs> uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, white Russian is uh, vodka, Kahlua, and uh, it's usually cream. I usually make mine with milk, but it's a dairy product. 
uh, and this was quite obviously there was no Kahlua in it so a little disappointing hence the 1.5 out of 5. Okay Canyon Creek uh, we're out of time I, I didn't <laughs> my first restaurant recitation I didn't think I would spend so much time on it uh, so I'll try to speed through Canyon Creek which I'm giving a 3.5 out of 5 yes uh, much better we got a booth wasn't as busy uh, the waitress uh, although we did ask to ask for water twice uh, and, and she did seem a little uh, new to the job, perhaps, but uh, in 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 a in, in a sort of a funny way, uh, where it was maybe a little obvious. But uh, people like that who are new to their job, I always like being extra nice to them because uh, we've all been, you know, first day on the job. And uh, if you're in that scenario and someone treats you mean, that job is not going to be desirable. But if if you're in that uh, scenario and someone it's sort of uh, tries to, with actual effort, make your day better, seeing that you're in this uh, dilemma, let's call it, uh, I, I find a little goes a long way. Like, you don't have to be crazy nice, just a, a little bit nice, and, and it, it seems like it's noticed. Uh, okay, so uh, this time I had a prime rib sandwich. Ah, mixing it up a bit. Uh, so that was kind of like a beef dip a little bit with prime rib. Uh, this was very, very good. Uh, we also got uh, lobster guacamole. Uh, the missus and I split that. Uh, that was delicious. My only complaint of that was uh, there was just like a little bit of it. <laughs> it was so good. I wanted more. Uh, uh Oh yeah, one thing I should say, one of the differences that uh, a professional would not mention or take into consideration was at the keg I paid, at the Canyon Creek the missus paid. So, you know, I got to take some marks off for the fact that I had to pay for this meal that I didn't uh, really enjoy that much, whereas uh, the meal that I did enjoy, I didn't pay for. I, I wish I had that had been reversed, to be honest with you, to be 100% Amish with you. Uh, last mention, uh, and I, in my little notes here, which I actually have some notes, which is something else I don't do very often, uh, is the fact that, uh, I got, uh, the upgraded truffle Parmesan fries and the missus just got the regular fries, uh, and they're other, it basically like they just sprinkled some stuff on it is what it felt like and tasted like. So, you know, keep that in mind if you're at Canyon Creek and are going to order fries uh, and are thinking of upgrading to the truffle parmesan fries, I don't think it's necessarily worth it. So there you go. Folks, we did it. The very first restaurant recitation. This will probably not be a regular segment. Today's television talk sponsor is Burnham's Pork Barbecue Eatery. Thank you, Burnham's. All right, uh, have a Star Trek Discovery Season 2 finale hot take. Uh, and by that I mean I literally watched the season finale of the program, well, seconds before I hit record, so about uh, a little over 10 minutes ago. So that is pretty cool because normally I watch it and then some time will pass and it won't be as fresh in my mind but now it's goddamn fresh it's like a ripe pulled straight from the vine television show in my brain and now I'm going to pour it forth for you so if you haven't seen it spoiler alert uh, alert red spoiler alert hmm 
which is something I, I usually say at the top of every show, but I don't think I said this episode. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, oh man, <laughs> I could already tell. I liked it, <laughs> but uh, I, I found it was a little confusing. Uh, normally when it's time-related stuff, I'm very, very uh, into it. Uh, I, I find I like, and this came up last episode even, I like wrapping my brain around different time stuff. Uh, this one I had to, just the very, very end. Okay, so let me just run through some of the things that happen. Uh, so there's space battle, like, almost from the first second to the last second of the episode is in the background. At the very least, there's a space battle happening. So that's like a fucking hour-long space battle. That's pretty cool. Uh, they did some of the classic things that can happen during Star Trek episodes and just sort of jam. So there was like A story, B story, C story, D story. Uh, we'll say D story was uh, a little bit of a medical drama. Uh, the Anthony Rapp character, I forget his name, uh, he's got, he had to be put in a medically induced coma. So that's where I guess he'll be starting uh, next season. Uh, and then we saw him and his, uh, 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 were they married? Husband? Yeah, I think they were married. Um, his husband uh, sort of reuniting, and it feels so good. Uh, that was a little cheesy, I will <laughs> will admit. Like they, he said some lines like, uh, "You are my home." <laughs> I, I kind of groaned a little at that. Uh, but <laughs> and uh, uh, you're my life, you're my home. Uh, yeah, a little cheese, but I liked it. Whatever, I don't mind a little cheese in there. Uh, then we had the other sort of classic, and this has been done. I think it's even been done in Star Trek before, to be honest with you, uh, where a uh, a torpedo uh, it gets embedded in the hull of the ship, but it doesn't detonate. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. It was in a, a Deep Space Nine, I think. And doesn't Quark have to? Yeah, Quark has to. Uh, 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 whatever, uh, fix it. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? I want to say disengage it. No, Just dismember. Disbomb it. Yeah, he's got to disbomb it. Uh, so that happens in this. Uh, the Admiral has to sacrifice herself. That part didn't really make sense either because at first they said uh, it's embedded in the ship. If it goes off, it's going to take off, uh, take out like five decks. Uh, and, and then it said like, uh, oh yeah, I guess it did. Okay, never mind. Uh, but but then a, a door wouldn't close. <laughs> kind of dumb. So because this door wouldn't close, it would blow up the whole ship. So, the uh, Admiral had to stay behind and close this door from the other side, uh, which seems like poor planning uh, on whoever designed the Enterprise, the Starship Enterprise. You'd think they would have had better design in place. Whatever. So, uh, she sacrificed herself. Uh, good for her. Uh, then we had another plot of the uh, uh, Section 31 artificial intelligence just having fucking cool fight scenes. Uh, with uh, Michelle Yeoh's character. That was cool. Uh, one thing they did that I really liked was uh, they did a scene where the, the like gravity was fucked up, uh, like the gravity plating, so they were like fighting on the ceilings and the floors and such, and it was like all over the place. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, what else? Uh, okay, so the, the sort of main time travel thing, which I did understand, um, was that Burnham figured out, with Spock's help, that... Uh, they did not have to travel into the future, but they had to travel into the past. And this whole season has been the, the, the ship Discovery traveling to places Burnham visits in the past in order to gather things that help them uh, win this battle and also do the time traveling. So uh, f uh, the first one was uh, 
travel and get Tignataro's character, which I've, I don't know if I ever mentioned how much I love the fact that Tignataro's in fucking Star Trek Discovery. That's awesome, just period, full stop. Uh, so they had to get her for her engineering, her, her mad skills, literally her mad engineering skills. They needed her. Uh, then they had to get the princess girl for her uh, a mind, I guess a little engineering, but her just cool theoretical minds uh, abilities then uh saru's people they needed them i I didn't really get why they needed them necessarily but sure and then uh the time crystals of course which brought the klingon (laughs) fuck the klingons which is a word uh, despite being star trek being my 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 most favorite of all fandoms uh, i have trouble saying the word klingon Anyways, uh, so so they show up and sort of save the day. One of their fucking massive ships just crashes into a bunch of ships, which is a, a pretty cool thing. It's like fucking pirate pirate shit there. Uh, so because of Burnham traveling back in time over the course of the season of uh, of this show, uh, all the things were in place to make it possible for them to uh, not only win this battle but jump far into the future. Uh, okay, and that's the part I didn't really get. Uh, if they won the battle. Uh, and you know what, even saying this now, I, I don't 100% get it. They won the battle, they defeated a Section 31 AI control thing, uh, so why did they still need to jump into the future? Yeah, like, they were doing it in order to protect the sphere data from this thing that they destroyed. So why did they have to, yeah, I, I'm just thinking out loud here, I don't really get why they did. Okay, now... Let's just throw that out, suspend our disbelief, or maybe there is a reason that I'm not getting. Uh, what's cool about what they did at the end of the show is many, many things. Uh, to put things in line with existing Star Trek canon, which is uh, always awesome. I, I'm not one of those who needs that to happen 100% of the time, but when it does, I really do like it. So, uh, For example, Spock and Starfleet... Uh, I guess under Spock, uh, Starfleet under Spock's re- recommendation says like, uh, let's agree never to talk about this, <laughs> this whole sort of series of events for the reason that it's got time travel. So we don't want people sort of digging into that. Uh, so that's why in future Star Trek, uh, Spock never mentions that he has a sister or uh, in, in, in you know Star Trek the original series or the next generation uh, this ship discovery is never mentioned because it's all sort of been redacted from history uh, so so that, that's pretty cool that they did that uh, it, it will definitely appease the people who unlike myself really 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 do care when uh, uh, existing canon is not 100% paid attention to so uh, it, it's good for that which, which I very much, I, I can appreciate it, if anything. Um, and the other thing I, they did, which is why I kind of don't care if there's necessarily a reason why they jumped into the future, is now we have the ship, the Discovery, in the far distant future uh, of Star Trek canon. Meaning, uh, this show will, next season, season three, which is already, I, I, I imagine, in the works, will take place... Uh, post any Star Trek television show that currently exists, uh, including the movies, including uh, uh, the Nemesis uh, Star Trek Next Generation movie. And that, my friends, is what I've been waiting for all along. I've always wanted Star Trek post what has happened, because uh, we have had, and this is something Star Trek has always done throughout history, we have had IRL in real life, 
uh, things uh, th that have not existed that would sort of blow your mind from a scientific standpoint that they can uh, incorporate and, more importantly, extrapolate uh, since the last Star Trek. Uh, so it will more easily allow them to put stuff in like that. So uh, I'm, I'm so much looking forward to Star Trek in the future, <laughs> which is kind of a weird way to say it. I, I love Star Trek in the future. Interesting. Folks, we did it. Hot take. Star Trek. Discovery. Season 3 coming at some point. I don't know when. Today's book banter is Helen of Troy McClure. You may remember her from The Fall of Troy and Dial M for Murderousness. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, if you're following along, you will know I have book two of the Orion series by Mr. Ben Bova. Yes. Uh, I'm very much enjoying these. Uh, if you listen to last episode, you will know. Uh, you know what's weird? Uh, I have the Goodreads open for this book, and uh, uh, one of the uh, re readers also enjoy, people who uh, read this book, uh, is a book about, uh, it's called Jean, uh, It's called Privateer, and it's uh, written by James Doohan, who you may know as Scotty from Star Trek. What? That's pretty weird. Anyways, uh, I am enjoying these books. Uh, okay, so if you listen to the first episode, as I was saying, uh, the book number one of the series falls into the category of books that uh, I start reading and then get, uh, in this case, an embarrassing number of pages into before realizing I have already read. <laughs> uh, this uh, also falls into that category <laughs> because I thought maybe I just read the first one. Uh, you know what I think happened? I think I had maybe the first two books of the series in, in one compendium. Uh, it was in one, like, big book. I think maybe that's what happened. Uh, so, the second book I also did read. <laughs> but uh, long enough ago that I didn't remember how it ended or a lot of what happened. And because it's a book that I enjoyed, on that note... Oh, jeez, I was about to just throw up my quick rating. Jeez, um, would I go 3 out of 5 or 4 out of 5? Yeah, I'd have a, my rating is, I'll have a difficult choice of choosing between 3 out of 5 and 4 out of 5 for this book. And that is my rating. Uh, yeah, just because the fact that I have read it and didn't remember having read it makes me think maybe it's not a 4 out of 5, because 4 out of 5s probably are more memorable. Hmm? There's the logic, the Vulcan-like logic. Uh, let me read the Goodreads. Maybe it'll tell us what it's about. Orion finds himself thrust back to the ancient world of Greece and, mu Greece, not Greece, and must prevent the Greek army from destroying the citadel of Troy. Spoiler, he does not prevent it. <laughs> if he fails, he will lose the only woman he's ever loved. But if he succeeds, the history of the world will be changed for end forever the setting sequel to orion that is not the greatest goodreads description on several levels um the if he fails he will lose the only woman he has ever loved he's already lost that woman the, that woman is dead uh that woman is the goddess athena who was known by many other names 
in other books. Uh, she died uh, in the past book at the sort of very, very end. Uh, and he wants to get her back. Uh, and the god Apollo, who is sort of uh, also in previous books known by different names, Oz, Oz, Oz something, the great and powerful, <laughs> no, not that one, uh, sort of says, if you help me, I will bring her back to life and you can be together, uh, but you must help me. He doesn't help. In fact, he hinders. Uh, and then has to flee Troy uh, with Helen, which is interesting. Uh, the face that launched a thousand ships. Uh, and, and they free to Egypt. So this book is sort of two parts. Uh, we've got the Greek part at the beginning and then the Egypt part at the end. Uh, done very well. Uh, he says, at, in, I believe in the prequel or the, the postquel, Ben Bova that is, that he is just taking things from history and changing him to fit a story, which uh, I don't have a problem with. I bet you there is people who do, but uh, I'm not one of them. Uh, he, like for example, the uh, the horse, uh, the Trojan horse, uh, is not so much a horse as a siege tower. So if you've ever watched, I don't know, let's just use Lord of the Rings as, as an example, where they build those big towers where the sort of ladders can come over. Uh, and you can uh, get over the wall that way. That's the quote-unquote Trojan horse. Um, when he travels to Egypt with Helen, he does so with a group of uh, Hittites, Hittite warriors. Uh, it's funny, whenever I hear the word Hittite, I always add the word warrior at the end. So, uh, Anyways, we're out of time, but uh, it's a good book, and I'm, I'm into number three, and, and it's very interesting as well, so we will see. Today's game Gavin sponsor is I Spy Optometrist. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, today I have two games for you. Uh, the first, I will admit, uh, I, I'm still playing, so I haven't uh, completed it, quote-unquote. Uh, completed for me means either beat, which uh, is rare nowadays, uh, now that I am an old gamer and don't necessarily complete games as I used to in my youth. Uh, but I also haven't completed in the sense that I'm still playing it. Like, uh, when I'm done recording this and uh, do a few chores and such, uh, I'm going to play it for the entire day on this lovely... Uh, let me give you a little behind-the-scenes action. Uh, this lovely Easter long weekend. Ah, see? Now you know when I'm recording this. Sneaky. Uh, that game is Far Cry 5. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's like other Far Cry games, if you've ever played one. Uh, I don't know if I'm getting into the story too much. I, I suppose I, I, I am. Uh, I, I do like flying in games, uh, be it helicopters or planes. Um, going to bases and quote-unquote liberating them. And by that I mean just killing everything in sight. That's fun. Uh, I do seem to recall there being different... Like... like uh, what was the one with the bow and arrow? That's like uh, the uh, the the caveman one. Uh, I almost feel like that one I had more fun liberating outposts, which seems strange because there's more possibilities with uh, a modern day tech, you would think. But uh, I don't know. I think maybe because there you could like send in tigers and chat. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's okay. And I think that's sort of been a consensus of this game for most is that it's another Far Cry game. If you like Far Cry games, you'll probably like this, but it's not going to blow you away. And uh, that's a, a consensus I guess I'm jumping on board with with uh 
uh, which I don't like jumping on board with things, but uh, so far that's what I'm going to do. Um, the whole taking place in the U.S. thing is uh, is interesting, and, and you'll see things in this that you wouldn't see in other ones so far, I, I could say that. Uh, I, ha I have had fun. One fun thing I can think of just off of the top of my head is uh, getting this cool, like, uh, uh, tractor trailer, uh, and it, like, shoots guns, and you run over a bunch of shit and missiles, and explosions galore in this game. If you love a game in which explosions happen, you will love this game okay let's move on to uh you know what maybe i'll try to polish this game off this next one uh i expect you to die oh uh this came out a, a fair chunk back it's a vr game one of the very few vr games i paid for uh quite often when vr comes up i mention all the free games that are available uh games or quote-unquote experiences uh, that you can uh, work through but this is an actual game uh, that I uh, paid for in a bundle I think with a Star Trek and uh, maybe the Rick and Morty one uh, I just hadn't had a chance to play it yet and I have now and it's pretty freaking awesome um, basically uh, it's a series of scenarios uh, that you who are a spy find yourself in and you have to complete uh, a certain task so uh, the first one is like you're in a uh, no, no, let me do the sub one because that was the one that I left off at. Uh, so you're in a submarine and uh, it's sort of sunk to the bottom of the ocean or whatever. And uh, you have to somehow uh, get it back up and running and uh, get back up to the surface. But uh, people have like fucked with it. Uh, things are, uh, it's leaking. Uh, it's a little freaky and you will die repeatedly. Like I think I died maybe 10 times. Uh, the pain in the ass thing about when you die in it is you got to start right back at the beginning. The good thing is, though, you start back at the beginning with all the knowledge you had at your pre previous run-throughs. Um, so so <laughs> the most pain in the ass thing of that is uh, on my 10th uh, death, I actually knew exactly what I had to do. I just accidentally pushed the wrong button at one point uh, on the self-destruct. Uh, knowing what I had to do and pushing the wrong button like the very last button practically of the whole thing and then having to restart was a bit of a pain but you know what the thing about uh, being in a, a vr scenario like this is it, it is just fun it's even though you're doing the even though i had to redo it 10 times uh and it got a little okay i gotta do this i gotta do this all right then i do this then i pull this grenade out here then i take then i take the pin yeah let me just run down uh, what from my memory what i had to do okay so uh First of all, I had to p grab a, uh, a lever and put it in a hole and then pump with my hand and that would pump out the water uh, that was uh, coming in. Then uh, as all of this was happening, occasionally leaks would happen and I would have a caulking gun. So I'd have to pick up the caulking gun and, and fix the leaks. Uh, then I had to uh, uh, take the pin from the fire extinguisher and use that on the grenade that someone put in the gears of the engine uh, so that I couldn't start the engine. Um, and then I would put the grenade aside. Uh, then the engine was out of gas, so I had to, and the, there was a Coke bottle <laughs> that I had to put under the flowing gasoline, which was flowing right onto the floor, so I don't know why I was never worried about that. Um, so I had to do that a bunch of times to fill up the engine. Then I started the engine, started my descent, uh, but then the uh, 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 the control panel caught on fire, so I had to spray it with a fire extinguisher, uh, and, and then because of that malfunction, uh, released all the oxygen, so I had to use the can opener that I used 
on the pop mach- uh, on the coke to uh, a released secondary oxygen uh, and then the engine was overheating so i had to uh, let one of the leaks uh, pour on the engine to cool it down uh, and then uh, I think by then I had made it to the surface. I'm probably forgetting things. This is all going from memory. And then I shot a flare in the air and was rescued. That is fucked up and delightful to do in VR. 5 out of 5 for that. Far Cry 5, so far sitting at maybe under a 3. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Today's internet intercourse is Hammond Auto auto and Collision Repair. Jesus. (laughs) Hammond Auto and Collision Repair. This is not internet intercourse. No, no, no. It is a double television talk. Yes, with the Star Trek hot take. Uh, I had this other stuff piled up as well, so uh, I knew if I didn't get it out now, I would never get it out, and that is unfortunate acceptable so i have for you two television shows the first of which is the grand tour season three which uh, just wrapped up from my perspective just about uh yeah uh, if you've watched top gear if you've watched the first two seasons of the grand tour a tour it's uh, more of the same uh it does have that feel that seems to have developed more in the grand tour than it did in uh, 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 Top Gear, a, a little more scripted than I would like. Like I, I feel like these three, uh, Richard Hammond, Jeremy Clarkson, and J- Clarkson and James May, if they were just to sh- sit around and shoot the shit, sort of like in a podcast style thing, uh, it would be interesting. But they've sort of scripted it in jokes and such, which, uh, you know, it's fine. And there's the odd laugh, but it's usually a, uh, as you say, the laugh of pushing slightly more uh air out of your nose laugh if you know what i mean where you just kind of go like that i don't know if you could pick that up on the mic but you maybe know what i mean uh one sort of uh they they did some specials which were delightful uh one sort of a note is that this apparently uh will wrap up them doing any episodes in which they'll be in the tent with the sort of live audience uh, which is fine. Uh, that sort of very last episode of this series, where they sort of made that announcement, uh, man, it was uh, it was something else because uh, uh, Jeremy Clarkson and and the rest of them got emotional, but he was like really teared up about it. Uh, I, I guess it's something he's gonna miss, uh, which which I get. Uh, meeting with meeting with the fans and sort of interacting with them, he could probably do it in other ways. Like if these three ever went to like a, a fan expo or something like that, I'm sure they would be mobbed and maybe get their get their 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 fill of that feeling that they got while in the tent uh so it's sort of a shame that they're going to be dropping that part of it when they come back for uh season four but the sort of silver lining at least from my perspective and i do believe from others as well is they're not quitting uh what they're doing is just they're going to be doing more specials so where they traveled uh around various countries and experience things from the point of view of, of three idiots who love cars <laughs> uh you know the, the three stooges is perhaps uh, a little nicer but yeah the, 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 and th- these are personas i do realize that they quote unquote play just a just three dumb idiots who love cars traveling around the world uh it, it, it's it's sort of a, a fun dumb turn off your brain a little bit uh which i very much enjoy uh now moving from fun dumb turn off your brain a bit to fun 
not dumb and have to have your brain on a lot, uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Okay, so, season one, I should say. All right, uh, I thought I would love this show. All evidence to... Just all evidence, period. <laughs> I've, I've read the books. Douglas Adam, uh, one of my favorite authors. Uh, I love uh, Elijah Wood. Met him. Got his autograph. Hey, look at there. Uh, main guy enjoyed it. Enjoyed all the actors. Uh, it's just I felt like I wasn't able to connect with the show in a few ways, most of which is understanding it. Yeah, uh, maybe I need to reread the books, although I... I, I read the books i'm staring at it at my shelf right now i can't remember how long ago i read it but uh i think it deserves a reread because i don't remember it uh, enough that it would have helped me understand what was going on in these uh in this show the other issue is uh as you know if you're a long-term listener i watch television while playing video games and vice versa uh, normally not an issue, but I believe that this show was complicated enough in story that uh, I would have had to pay attention to it 100% in order to click in on everything that was happening, which I, I don't think I ever fully did. Uh, and I feel embarrassed for saying that, but because nobody listens to this, except for you, and I love you, uh, I don't I don't feel bad for saying that. Uh, I wonder if others had this same... I'll tell you what, audience participation with you listening to this. If you watch this, did you like always know what was happening and what people's motivations were? Uh, there was also some time travel stuff with it as well, which uh, I normally love, but uh, but here... I don't know. So, so you know what? Uh, Rating-wise... Ah, jeez... Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency Season 1. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to give a rating because uh, I like lots of things about it, including the actors and actresses. Uh, so what I will say is I'm not going to continue on and watch Season 2 uh, right now. Maybe at some other point I will. But uh, as it stands now, I moved on to uh, The Tick, which I'm enjoying, and we'll talk about it at a later date. Hey, folks, we did it. A long episode because of things, but I will say, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it 
be fine. The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.